0: Welcome to Men Alive, where we examine biblical principles for becoming conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, a consultant in adult education and director of GoTeach Global. Dr.
1: Jim. Thanks, Paul. Did you vote in our last election? Sure did. God works through these human efforts to exercise His sovereign will and prove that man is incapable of ruling with justice, mercy, and humility, as commanded to do in Micah 6.8. Man's failure in all methods of government, from monarchy to Marxism, proves that only the wisdom of the Holy Spirit can enable any system of human government to meet the needs of their fellow men. Daniel clearly taught and believed that it is God himself who raises up one king and puts down another. Daniel two twenty to 23. God permits one king to become strong and uses that king as a judge against a disobedient nation. God said he would raise up my servant Nebuchadnezzar to judge Israel for the 490 years they had disobeyed him. One year for each of the seven-year cycle where they had not let the ground rest for that year. King Nebuchadnezzar took them captive for 70 years. Then the Lord said, This is what I say to my anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of. I am the Lord. Ten times he says this phrase, I am the Lord, and adds, And there is no other. He, Cyrus, is going to punish Babylon for being too harsh on my people. God can direct a king in unusual ways. In Esther chapter 6, King Xerxes had a bad night's sleep, asked for someone to read to him, and within hours of a tragedy, Haman was hung and the Jews were delivered from a holocaust. Mary the earthly mother of Jesus was resting in Nazareth in the ninth month of her pregnancy, unaware that Micah had prophesied that Messiah had to be born in Bethlehem of Judah. Micah 5.2 So in the sovereignty of God, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world and everyone went to his own town to register. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Hosea the prophet had said, Out of Egypt I called my son. So an angel awakens Joseph in a dream and tells him, Take the child and flee to Egypt, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Once again, the decrees of authority, even by ungodly authorities, are used to move people to be where God wants them to be to accomplish his plan. Whenever the government of any country makes a law, God is able to work through that law to bring ultimate glory to Jesus Christ, even if it appears to be, in our eyes, a bad law. Jesus was born during the reign of the despot Herod, and why would God call this time in history the fullness of time for his son to be born? Herod massacred all heirs to his throne. Herod killed two of his sons and his wife. Did God want Joseph and Mary to live under this neurotic, suspicious, bloodthirsty, power-hungry murderer? The answer appears to be yes. And he did. Joseph did not lead a revolt against Herod. He just obeyed God and moved away to Egypt for some three and a half years. Respect for authority is a principle for men to note. Even when David was pursued by a mad, jealous, paranoid King Saul, David refused on at least two occasions to kill Saul and claim the throne. David's response was, Do not destroy him, Saul, for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be without guilt? Here's a short word of caution for our zealous political activist friends. I commend you for your prayers for those in authority, and I praise you for those in government offices who are followers of Jesus Christ. So I want to say this carefully. Guard your criticism of those in authority, both in government and in the church. Scripture says in Ecclesiastes 10.20, Furthermore, in your bed chamber do not curse a king, and in your sleeping rooms do not curse a rich man, for a bird of the heavens will carry the sound, and the winged creature will make the matter known. How, you might ask, would a person in leadership ever know what you have said to another person in your bedroom? The answer is simple. Your countenance, your eyes, your face, your spirit, even your demeanor changes every time you meet someone against whom you have gossiped or slandered. The one against whom you have spoken appears to sense, and don't ask me how they do this, that you have spoken against them. God is at work through all leaders. Leaders are permitted to be there by God's grace, so be careful. Do not judge, for in the same way you judge, you will be judged.
0: Let me remind you that this is Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham from GoTeach Global. At the end of the program, we'll share how and where you can ask your questions to Dr.
1: Jim. As men, we have three key things to do under whatever government or authority system we live. First, we are to obey those in authority. They are placed there as part of God's omniscient plan. Only when they ask us to deny our faith or go against God's moral laws or God's direct commands should we practice civil disobedience against them. Cory ten Boom said, God
0: governs all things, even those that appear to us as senseless or cruel. Lord, because I do not have the answers to these things, I do not, therefore, conclude that there are no answers. You know, Lord, and when I am strong enough, wise enough, and loving enough, you will show me too.
1: Second, we are to submit to those in authority. We need to learn when to assert our authority and when to submit to the authority of others. I would guess that more men have found themselves in hot water for resisting authority than for submitting to authority. The whole of Scripture teaches responsibility to be submissive. That's hard for some men. We like to
0: think that our wives should be submissive to us. While that is scriptural, Many verses tell us that we as men must also learn how to submit.
1: For example, 1 Peter 5.5 5 says, You younger men likewise be subject to your elders. 1 Peter 2.13 commands, Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. 1 Peter two eighteen says, Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Romans thirteen, one to three tells us, Let every person be in subjection to the governing authorities. He who resists authority has opposed the ordinances of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. And Romans thirteen five adds, It is necessary to be in subjection not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. And 1 Corinthians 16, 16 to the church member says, Be in subjection to such men, church leaders, and to everyone who helps in the work and labors.
0: When we submit, we recognize that God can use any circumstance to further his purpose.
1: How you pass this test will determine how much exalting God will allow you to receive. James 4, 7-10 notes, Submit, therefore, to God, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. God will not share his glory with anyone. He is a jealous God. He will not allow anyone to be exalted who might take glory to himself. But when a man has proven his ability to submit to God and to those God has placed in authority over him, God regards this man as one he can trust with a little exaltation. Harold Butt writes, When a man humbles himself before God and before his earthly authorities, he is able to handle it when he receives honor or blessing by giving the praise for the honor back to God. This gives God even more glory and evidence that his servant can handle more recognition, authority, praise, exaltation, and power. Learning to submit to authority is the first rung on the spiritual ladder to power.
0: Is the third command to Pray for those in authority?
1: Exactly. God's reasoning for this is laid out in 1 Timothy 2, 1-2. He says, First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, in order that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Consider what God is requesting. God wants us to thank Him for all authorities. This proves to Him that we recognize them as being placed there by Him, as Daniel two twenty to 23 says. God also wants us to intercede for those in authority. He is then willing to work through our prayers to have those in authority accomplish His perfect will. And God wants us to pray earnestly for those in authority. This is to be an intense, carefully thought out pleading with God to work His will in specific ways through those in authority to His glory. Praying for those in authority is perhaps the highest responsibility a man can have as a citizen. E.M. Bounds says, What the church needs today is not more machinery or better machinery not new organizations or more novel methods but men whom the Holy Spirit can use men of prayer therefore be careful or look carefully how you walk not as unwise men but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil Ephesians five, fifteen, and 16 one of our greatest investments of time as men is to pray for those in authority. Our mandate is to equip and empower others to achieve peace and reconciliation for community transformation.
0: Thanks, Jim. There you have it, my brothers. Pray for those in authority and work to select candidates who are conforming to biblical principles of justice, mercy, and humility. For a printed copy of this program's teaching, or with any questions you may have, contact Dr. Jim by sending your email to God at gmail.com Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, go to our website at www.goteachglobal.com Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Esterbrooks on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be Men Alive conform to the image of Jesus Christ.